Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that Edward Shabuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is indeed the broadcast for... April the 23rd, in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty. The supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest did i say the greatest that's right the greatest country on the face of the earth it is a freedom loving fantastic faith-filled we're taking america back one heart one mind one issue at a time for right day and boy howdy do we have news the networks refuse to use for you quick recap of yesterday's show is in order it starts now we had our guest on mr brian rust rustquitinggift.com over the last 50 years, the Rust family has been working to educate folks about precious metals. If you want an honest partner in the coin business, Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com. Kurt Cosby was with me as well for the first hour. That's kind of cool. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Honest Money Report, gold, 1787.80. Silver, 26.54. But even though silver... Uh, it's twenty six fifty four on spot price for an ounce. To get a two thousand and twenty one silver eagle silver dollar, it costs thirty nine dollars right now. I know your p- paper dollar says a dollar on it, but it takes thirty nine of them to buy a United States Treasury minted two thousand and twenty one silver eagle silver dollar. Thirty nine of them to one. Shocking, but true. Bitcoin, intricately enough, what goes up will come down. Drops. 15%, they say, days after record high. Despite the decline, Bitcoin is valued at more than a trillion dollars, they say. Wow. Following a nearly 700% surge in the last 12 months, I told you whatever goes up can come down. I don't believe in cryptocurrency. It's another fake money. It's fiat currency. What goes up will come down, ladies and gentlemen. The swings are belligerent. But there you have it, Bitcoin. No one even knows who created it. But yet, they say it's safe and effective and stable and good, and I don't trust it. Don't dip your toe in the crypto is what I like to say. Uh, I guess it's Ether, or Ethereum is what others call it. Ether is the second biggest digital coin by market value. It fell by 10%. Yeah, billionaire Mark Cuban loves Ethereum, though, and he reveals why he thinks Ethereum will blow Bitcoin out of the water as it reaches $2 billion or $2 trillion. So there you have that. There's also uh, another Bitcoin, Dogecoin is what it's called. Um, but I find it interesting. People say, what is Dogecoin? It's just another digital currency, that's all. Um, but D-O-G-E-C-O-I-N, it's kind of like doggy coin, it seems to me. They say how a joke became hotter than Bitcoin. Doggy coin, or I should say Dogecoin, is the hottest, quirkiest cryptocurrency on the market, says CNN. Some say it's Dogecoin. I don't even know how to say these things. D-O-G-E, right? 
Dogecoin, some are saying. I don't even know what that means. You know, I, All I can say is this. All these currencies are bogus, and so are their names. Nevertheless, um, they say it's nearly $50 billion for that currency. So you're talking about billions and trillions of dollars when you take the top Bitcoin's equivalents. Uh, and some would say they're not equivalents, Sam. Technically, they're different. Stop. Just stop. They're all fake money, okay? I don't care if you have a paper dollar, your Bitcoin, your Deutschcoin, your whatever the garbage they've got. It's all fake money, folks, but it's trillions of dollars. All right, then Kurt Crosby jumped into the idea of Trump becoming House Speaker in 2023 or President is gaining traction. We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you. Mike Lindell's free speech platform, and it's called frankspeech.com, is doing uh, well. Many are being critical of it because as it started, they had a couple of stumbles. But you know what? Every large new venture like that has a stumble here and there. Just ask Barack Obama and the health care crank up. If you don't believe me, it's still a meltdown. Uh, nevertheless, um, they're attacking Mike Lindell, I believe, wrongfully so. And I commend him on his um, free speech platform. I think it's pretty cool news. Frankspeech.com. Check it out. Second hour we had on our buddy Pete Sepp, National Pac- Taxpayers Union. He's the president of NTU, which is the voice of America's taxpayers mobilizing elected officials and citizens to advocate for tax relief. Great stuff. Tax relief and reform. NTU's rates Congress. Yeah, NTU does a great job. They look at the voting record of every congressional member from a tax point of view, a spend point of view, uh, the the totality of their votes is kind of uh, critical. Where does your member of Congress stack up? We talked about the top five and the bottom five in the House and the Senate. And if you want to learn more about your specific representative, go to NTU.org. Pete doing a great job breaking that down for us. Josh Hawley's legislation puts every consumer in the crosshairs of big government. Willie Yepes writes the piece for uh, NTU on this one. And the interesting thing, in my opinion, about that is that Josh Hawley does a lot of good in the Senate, folks. But he wrote a bill that basically says, I want to break up big tech. And, uh, you know, my problem is I don't like government being the decision maker and breaking up everybody in this and that. Why don't you stop the subsidies to big tech? Why don't you stop the favoritism shown to big tech? Pull in the lever of government in the favor of big tech. Let's stop all that shenanigans. Let's have the government play the role of honoring contracts and creating a level playing field, then have the government get the heck out of the way. The only reason you got big tech in the first place is because government has literally funded it and engineered it behind the scenes, putting Pentagon in bed with universities and big tech. And the triad has created an unfair playing field with our tax dollars and or black op money via the Pentagon and the Department of Defense, etc. Be very careful. Uh, But anyway, I appreciate Josh Hawley and his attempt, but I think he's misguided in the carrying out of that. I hope, pure intent, time will tell. We'll keep an eye on that ball for you as well. Final tidbit, yesterday was the 51st annual celebration of Earth Day. They say the global theme this year is restore our Earth Day. They call it Earth Day 2021. They say it will include activities involving a billion people on the planet in 192 countries, folks. They say the focus will be on natural processes, whatever that means, as well as Emerging green technologies. Not sure what that means either. Technology in, by inherent nature is not green. 
Uh, they say innovative thinking will be applied. The goal is to restore the world's ecosystems. They also say it's the largest secular holiday. That's Earth Day. They say it's coordinated by the nonprofit Earth Day Network. I would say run from that as fast as you can go. By the way, it's interesting how they talk about green tech. Uh, as far as I can tell, if you really get honest with yourself, tech is not green. Ladies and gentlemen, tech is not green. How do you build any tech? Well, Sam, you go into the earth and you get all this metal and you get all these different things and you refine them and process them and manufacture them and spew greenhouse gases into the earth and you, and you do all these things and then you get it and then you got a big old disposal problem with it and then you and they go on and on and how is tech green? It isn't by very nature. Oh, Sam, yes, it is. I got my awesome car that's electric, buddy. I just plug it in and it it runs around and emits no no emissions, Sam. It's awesome. Lies. Don't lie to me now. I'm not Judge Judy. People, come on. You're lying to me now. To create that big old non-admitting vehicle that you're talking about, big or small as it may be, um, you're lying to yourself to get the metal, to get the plastic, to get the, do I dare say leather? If you have leather seats or cloth seats or the computers in it or the, the batteries in it or the all these things in it, take computer chips and take batteries and take all kinds of anti-green stuff. And you've spewed toxins to create it. You spewed toxins to dispose of it. You just pretend on the road that there's no emissions and you're lying to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you one thing you've got to understand about reality in the earth. You cannot rob Peter to pay Paul. That's a big old flat out bogus lie. Can't do it. You cannot rob Peter to pay Paul. Got it? So when they tell you all this, it just isn't true. The only question is, where do you want the emissions to happen? In China or in the United States? Do you want the emissions to happen on the manufacturer and the disposal ends, but not in between, so it's not on your roads? Or do you want it to be, okay, where do you want it and what source do you want it to come from? Right? Uh, I mean, the steam engine is probably the least environmental hostile that you can get, right? But they want you to believe that this electricity is all, hey, all you got to do is use solar panels, Sam, and you're zero energy, baby. You, you my friend, are a greenie. Lies, folks. Green men from Mars know better. Okay? This stuff isn't green. And to tell you it is, is a deception. Well, Sam, it creates less than the other way. Are you sure? Can you prove it? Can you break it down from beginning to end? And, and, and the discussion becomes very difficult indeed. But what they do then is if I bring this up, I get attacked relentlessly. So uh, let's say we do agree. And let's say we do prove that it's less emission emitting. What about the cost? Is it cost prohibitive? Uh, to the point where, mm, how do I make money? Oh, well, Sam, I work at a coal fire power plant so I can buy my green SUV. That's what I do there. Somebody else is like, oh, no, Sam, I work building computers there. I build iPhones. Yeah, they're not green. So what I mean is even when you play games, the extra money that it takes, there's jobs that fuel the lack of green. Oh, but Sam, I can buy carbon credits and make my my emissions zero. Lies again. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul, people. Don't fall for it. Our guest coming up in seconds. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, 
It's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with your live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news that Edward should be used to use, no doubt, continues, starts, always on your radio. Six days a week, two hours a day, we tell the tale of liberty. On the Sabbath, ladies and gentlemen, we rest. How do you like that? Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I'm Sam Bushman. And I'm telling you right now, we got a lot to cover in the news. Let's start out with Chris Carlson, our guest. Chris Carlson is a truth teller. I would consider him a citizen reporter, if you will. He discusses all things liberty. He writes articles, and we talk about them on the radio. He brings up controversial topics, to say the least, and he's hardcore. Chris, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you, sir. So here's my intro, Sam. You ready for it? All right, hold on. Before your intro, I got a little joke for you. Okay, go for it. All right, here, here we go. By the way, if you if you just start with your intro, then you won't get circumvented on your intro. That's the first joke. The second joke is ah. CNN plans to have its own beauty contest. Did you hear? Uh, no. I'm interested the to know winner about will, The winner will be crowned okay. Miss Information. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Hey, my There's four runners up, my brother. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's four runners up to this as well. Misled. Okay, I'm ready. Misguide. <laughs> and misdirect. I guess there's misrepresent, oh, too. Like the there's CNN a few of them there. So there you have it, CNN. Okay. All right, we're ready for your intro, my friend. So I will miss CNN. How about that? And I, Amen. I've been doing that for the last 30 years, Sam, so um, we're good there. Without God, we can never win, Sam. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. 
Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. All right, there you have it, there ladies go. and gentlemen. Hey. Good stuff for sure. We got a lot to cover with Chris because Chris is hardcore, folks. I want to just tell you that right now, man. He does. He wants no quarter, don't you, Chris? Correct. Lieutenant Carlson demands no quarter. Okay, right. I've got you a need quiz to get by a window. Really you need to get by a window because you're breaking up, though, and then right. I'm ready for your quiz. Oh, okay. My computer's not. Yeah, man. Cell phones need windows. I hate to say it. In a modern America, when we can go to Mars, we can't give you connectivity, my friend. I'm so sorry. Okay. That's how it works in modern days. I will be high tech connected by next week. I promise. You you drive around. You drive around in green energy vehicles, buddy, saving the planet. But you know what? It's really hard to keep you connected there. You just can't get that done in modern society. But don't worry. You're going 5G, bro. That's how they want you to. Well, I've got a joke. All right, I'm ready for the quiz. Okay, but before you just gave me a segue to uh, to another joke that I'll give you, Sam. So right. green energy is the wave of the future, and always will be. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, buddy. I like be. it. And I, and that's It'll the point is the that you know what? Anyway. It's never really arrived. Let me tell you why I bring this up that I do, and why I kind of tell the green jokes and stuff like that. You think, well, what? Why are you doing that? It's a little out of place, Sam, when it comes to Chris Carlson. None of the topics that Chris wanted to talk about yet or anything else. And, but here's the deal. I don't know if you know, but Biden just pledged a 50% reduction in greenhouse gas pollution by 2030. He was at a big old summit event, and he just uh, single-handedly said that's what we're doing. So I find that very scary and interesting. Scary because unless you change laws, you can't get that done, and he's not in the right branch of government to change or make law. So... Very interesting how he can just create an edict like a king at a uh, global climate summit, uh, brought a bunch of countries to the United States for the summit, and he made big old bold promises, folks, and it's going to affect you and I and our lives big time. And I submit to you that just like the COVID vaccine discussions, it's a big old lie. Well, World War Three will solve that problem. Well, you know, we're going to be talking about war today, Sam. And, uh, you know, wait a minute. War is green. Their my way, friend. They're going to. <laughs> oh, wait, what? War is green. That's, war's that's green. a new one for me, Sam. Yeah, war is green and war is peace. You know I'll that, tell. right? Well, it creates a lot of compost. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to explain I how so for you to even ask that. Pile. It just shows how racist and evil you mm. are. See, what they'll do is just attack the messenger, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. You know you're over the target right. when you're getting a lot of flack, right? You... Okay, so who, who said this? Why forego the advantages of so peculiar a situation? Why quit our own to stand upon foreign ground? Why, by interweaving our destiny with that of any part of Europe, entangle our peace and prosperity in the toils of European ambition, rivalship, interest, humor, or caprice? Go. I have no idea who said that, but I would say that we should not do that. I thought we left Europe. Okay. Have you ever heard of George Washington? He said that in a farewell address, Sam. Well, he certainly had a humble foreign policy, just like um, uh, Ron Paul and many others have had, and I completely support the foreign policy viewpoints of George Washington. 
which is this. We can be kind to people around the world, but we don't need to entwine or intertwine our destinies with them. We don't need to jump to their aid at every turn. Uh, we need to avoid foreign uh, conflicts and avoid foreign interaction like the plague. And we should stand on the world stage as the leader for peace. And every time uh, we engage in funding and fueling either and or both sides of a war, we end up losing. We become a warlike people, Chris. And that's part of the strategy. Joel Skousen talks a lot about that in his World Affairs Brief, Sam. He thinks that uh, part of the globalist strategy is to make us out to be the bully of the world. How well are we doing at that job? I would say very well. You know, yeah, we don't, awesome, we don't generally read international, international media, but international media, I mean, if you went over to foreign countries and read about the United States, it wouldn't be as, uh, as rose-colored as, as our media portrays us. We are becoming the pariah of the world, in other words, and that's part of the global strategy for World War III. Anyway, so George Washington said that we should avoid foreign uh, entanglements, and we're doing a lousy job at that. Do you know that... that uh, there's a lot of saber rattling in an area called the Crimea in the Donbass region of uh, eastern Ukraine. Have you read about that, Sam? Did you no, know that, it's not uh, in the news really at all. The Black no, not in the United States. It, it, it probably will be. The media will probably be forced to talk about that, but it's, it's, it's definitely in European papers. Uh, apparently the, the powers that be don't want us to know much about it. But I, I'll just give you kind of a brief overview of what's happened over the last two weeks in that region. So you know the Black Sea. The Black Sea is part of the natural border of the Ukraine and Russia. And there are certain areas in the Ukraine, Sam, that have been, over the last 60 years, been um, inhabited by Russian people intentionally during the old USSR days. Uh, Nikita Khrushchev intentionally transplanted a lot of Russian na nationals in what was their, at that time, their Soviet satellite nations. So that presents a bit of a conflict in those nations like the Ukraine. You've got the Donbass region where you've got a lot of uh, people who are actually more loyal to Russia than they are to the Ukraine. You've got the Crimea. You've heard a lot about some of the uh, conflicts going on in Crimea. And the U.S., obviously, just like any other conflict around the world, we want to stick our nose where it doesn't belong. Uh, and Putin is pushing back. He said uh, uh, last week, in uh, response to us uh, retreating two of our uh, naval warships from the, the Black Sea region, he says, stay away for your own good. And there are troops amassing on the, the Russian-Ukrainian border. Uh, there are tanks amassing. There are threats being passed back and forth from the Ukraine uh, uh, to Russia and vice versa. And uh, one of our top uh, foreign ministers has said that we will not accept Russia's destabilizing behavior. And out of the other side of his mouth, uh, Sam, he said, offering, he said, um, what did he say? We have no desire to be in an escalating war with Russia. So which one of those are true? Are we going to try to de-escalate? Or were we going to uh, maintain a very hard military stance and not accept Russia's destabilizing behavior? You can't have both. You either uh, let the, you either let Europe take care of Europe's problems, or you intervene. You can't do both. What do you? So what do you have? You have you studied anything about what's going on over there, Miss Sam? 
I have. And the question is, why is Biden pushing for the Ukraine to attack Russia? Is Biden enabling the Ukraine? And so there's there's money, there's support, there's international stage encouragement, there's uh, funding of military hardware. Biden wants war in the Ukraine. Why? Okay, that's Big the question. Money. We talked about it Hang last tight. week. We'll talk about it in seconds. Chris Carlson with me. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Biden's climate summit featured more than 40 heads of state and other world and business leaders on Thursday. The health of communities throughout the world depends on it. The well-being of our workers depends on it. The strength of our economies depends on it. The countries that take decisive action now to create the industries of the future will be the ones that reap the economic benefits of the clean energy boom that's coming. The goal of the summit is to spur more ambitious emissions reductions through non-binding commitments. The House of Representatives voted 216 to 208 on Thursday to pass a bill that would grant statehood to Washington, D.C. It's the second year in a row that Democrats-controlled House had voted to recognize D.C. as the 51st state. The bill now heads to the Senate, where it faces minimal chance of reaching the 60 votes necessary to send a law. We are USA Radio News. Police officer down. It's shocking. The number of cops killed in the line of duty jumped almost 100% last year. Defunding police, stripping them of legal protections, woke culture. It's a dangerous time. But Greg Kelly is fighting back. All this week, Greg's on Newsmax TV with his special series, Cops Under Fire. Greg Kelly exposes the real threat to the police and you. Newsmax TV is standing up for our brave men and women. Watch Cops Under Fire on Greg Kelly tonight. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable company. Get Newsmax TV free on most smart TVs, Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and YouTube Live. Millions have already downloaded the free Newsmax TV app on their smartphones. Already the fourth highest rated cable news channel in America. Newsmax is real news for real people. Hate crimes against Asians has new legislation. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. A bill confronting hate crimes against Asian Americans is moving to the House after passage in the Senate. On this vote, the yeas are 94, the nays are 1. The 60-vote threshold having been achieved, the bill as amended is passed. The White House strongly supports the bill. Hate crimes against Asian Americans have risen sharply since the coronavirus came out of China. Hate crimes against Asian Americans taking place in such cities as Seattle, Washington, Philadelphia, and New York, which are all run by Democrats. The number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits fell to a 13-month low last week, suggesting layoffs were subsiding. Initial claims for state unemployment benefits decreased 39,000 to a seasonally adjusted 547,000 for the week ending April 17th. This is USA Radio News. Now you... 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, talking about why have we become a warlike people, huh? Why do we just want to engage? We've become the world's bully. No doubt about it. It's a sad tale, but true. George Washington's foreign policy was a humble one. Why are we involved in all these foreign entanglements? Ron Paul, Sam Bushman, many others advocating for peace, saying, wait, why are we funding and fueling war everywhere, both sides? And uh, Chris Carlson, I think, hit on it partly. It's money. Uh, But I think there's more to it than money. I think a lot of times it has to do with control of nations. I think a lot of times. But you know what? Biden offers Ukraine unwavering support that's the problem why are we going at odds with russia why are we there in their backyard well they say it's after vladimir putin you know unleashed this and did this and he did that and he's the bad guy but you know what that's the boogeyman uh principle the problem is when we're involved the blowback uh this is something documented by the cia and articulated by ron paul and many others the blowback is going to be tremendous and so there's just no good that can come from this chris Okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. George Washington had it right now. I'm going to read a quote from Henry Kissinger. Uh, This is something he said in a recent CFR meeting, and I think this will shed quite a bit of light because it's more than just money. He said, if you imagine that the world commits itself to an endless competition based on the dominance of whomever is superior at the moment, then a breakdown of the order is inevitable. And the consequence of a breakdown would be catastrophic. So what he's basically saying in that quote, Sam, and a lot of times these uh, elitists, they will speak in cryptic terms. So people read it and say, oh, I don't know what the heck he just said. I'll just leave it up to the professionals. What he's basically saying is the current order where America is the dominant force for moral um, rectitude in the world has got to end. We cannot have that. And I think a lot of times uh, the internationals, the globalists, want to create scenarios of war to, uh, to press their uh, citizens into this mindset that we have to find a way to end this, in this national order that creates wars and threats of wars so that we can have world peace. And the only way to, to world peace, according to the elitists, is to create a world government. So I think all of these steps... Uh, that that, uh, create conflict and destabilization throughout the world, which America is primarily responsible, you have to admit today, are just small steps towards that inevitability of them merging us into a new world order. Well, the sad part is we become a warlike people. And a lot of times, uh, political leaders and the media, all, you know, government, politicians and, and, and You know, the media, they all kind of make you believe in all kinds of falsehoods. And so then we believe that we have to be at war. We have no choice. Let me let me spin a couple of the lies they tell. Uh, Number one, uh, you know what? If we don't stop war internationally over there, then it will be here. And we've got to stop it there so it doesn't come here. And so therefore, you know, I mean, I'm sorry that we're in that war, but it's necessary. The other one is, hey, the great Satan in some religion, um, you know, is waging war and just destroying everybody. Or another one is the government is just so abusive to their citizens that we must do something as if we have some sovereign interceding power or authority, et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is that nine times out of ten, all those arguments are completely false, Chris. 
Exactly, because when you poke the bear, the bear will poke back. But he's got bigger pokers than we do. You know, you know the bear is representative of Russia. I believe, Sam, if we would mind our own business as the most powerful, still the most powerful nation in the world, and that may change in the, in the near future, that there would be greater peace and harmony and love uh, one nation towards another than there currently is. Because a lot of people, including China, including Russia, as corrupt as their governments are, admittedly, um, still, I believe that if we minded our own business, those countries would follow suit. And we would have a greater uh, degree of world peace. And the threat of war would be diminished. Uh, but I believe that it was, this was during the, the Bush 2 administration where he kept saying, well, we've got to fight the terrorists over there be, or else, you know, we'll have to fight him here, which was, is a completely and totally false doctrine. In fact, it makes those people who have ties to those countries where we engage them in war uh, that are living in America more apt to commit acts of terrorism here in America. So that the idea that, that we have to fight them over there before they come over here is completely and totally false and satanic in nature. Um, I believe that if we just maintain uh, the security of our own nation, if we uh, keep our warships here instead of uh, having them in the Black Sea, and Russia is saying, hey, no, they, they shut down uh, the Strait of Kursk. I don't know if you've read anything about that. It's in the Black Sea. It's right there by that hotspot that we talked about. So no warships uh, are allowed to go in and out of that strait. And America is challenging that, uh, that blockade. And the more we challenge it, I think the greater the friction will, will result. But you talked about, Sam, you talked about um, that we've become a warlike people. That's interesting that you bring that topic up. There was an article written in a magazine put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints called The False Gods We Worship. Are you familiar with that article, Sam? That was written I am, in 1976. I am, and that's where that phrase comes from. Do you mind if I read that quote for you? By all means, go right ahead, Let me sir. Give you a little so hold on, give it. Give us the title of the hey, article this, again. Okay, the and, and I'm glad to see we're on the same wavelength. Here. It's called "The False Gods We Worship." It was written go ahead in uh, June of 1976 by the prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, and I've got lots of quotes. Let me read this quote. He said, "We are a warlike people." easily distracted from our assignment of preparing for the coming of the Lord. When enemies rise up, we commit vast resources to the fabrication of gods of stone and steel, ships, planes, missiles, fortifications, and depend on them for protection and deliverance. When threatened, we become anti-enemy instead of pro-kingdom of God. We train a man in the art of war and call him a patriot. Thus, in the manner of Satan's counterfeit of true patriotism, perverting the Savior's teachings. And there's a lot more to that. But isn't that true? We've forgotten who our greatest protection in time of war should be, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, Sam. And if we do not tap into that power by turning our hearts and our minds towards him, instead of turning our hopes and our trust in our ships and in our planes and in our missiles, who, you know, a lot of people think, including Christians, I would say especially Christians, Sam, nowadays, Yes, and I think that it starts with a turning away from God. In other words, you know what? Sometimes war is necessary because people are evil. 
However, the question is, why are we a warlike people? Are we a warlike people because we are forced to go to war by wicked people who want to destroy our lands, our liberties, who want to destroy our wives and our families and our children, and we're merely in defensive mode to protect our way of life and to protect our loved ones that are innocent and may not be able to protect themselves? Is that our goal? Is our goal to protect our families and our liberty? Or do we have a different agenda? And the, one of the great ways you can know this for yourself, whether it be internally and or around the world, are you defensive to protect those things? Or are you offensive for another agenda, for another purpose? And I think it's really interesting when you study governments and or when you study war, this offensive-defensive discussion becomes very critical to understand. If you're defensive, if you're preparing to say, look, I'm not going to war, but I'm going to make sure that I'm ready in case somebody wants to attack me, that's one thing. And that's justifiable, I think, before God Almighty. However, when you go on the offensive, what is your agenda? What is our agenda uh, to back the Ukrainian leader? I mean, Biden literally calls this guy. Uh, uh, pledges unwavering support. What does that do to our relationship with Russia? Why are we over there? It's thousands of miles away. Uh, both nations are, quote, sovereign, if you will. And, and I don't see what the agenda is. Are we trying to advocate for liberty, we claim? Russia's just evil and Russia's going to crush the Ukrainians. And some of these things have been going on for literally decades or longer. And, and there's no way for us to really resolve those except for to provide peaceful leadership. We're not doing that. But I, but I bring this up because this offensive-defensive discussion is really critical to denote or to diagnose um, the intent. What is the intent with our involvement and or our actions or decisions? And that's the key point, I think, Chris. Oh, we might have lost Chris. All right, we'll work on getting Chris back. Uh, in, the, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just saying that's, that's kind of the critical uh, point here. All right. Are we off target, ladies and gentlemen? We have a great earth. We have wonderful people on it. We have good people. I don't think most people want conflict, but I think leaders want conflict. You got to ask the question, why? This is critical to understand, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you right now, I'm fearful that we're going to have war around the world. I figure we're going to have an internal war, and a second civil war. I pray we don't. But I'll tell you the real cause. When people turn away from God and trust in the arm of flesh, it gets rowdy fast. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. 
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson back with us. We're talking about war. We, we've become a warlike people, sadly so. We're talking about an incredible article. The False Gods We Worship, written back in the 70s by Spencer W. Kimball. Go to churchofjesuschrist.org and look it up. The False Gods We Worship, Spencer W. Kimball. And he talks uh, first about the earth, and he loves the earth. And he tells about when he was a little kid and how peaceful the earth is and how wonderful and great America is and how grateful he is for the good people and everything else. And he compares the thunderstorms uh, of his youth to the thunderstorms that we face um, because of wicked men and women, all right? He says, we got, we are, we're in crucially momentous days. I'm reminded of the general principle that where much is given, much is expected, he says. Luke 12, the Lord gave us a choice world that expects us to have obedience to his commandments, of, to the commandments of God in return. But you know what? I'm appalled and frightened when I look at what God has given us, what he expects from us, and our lack of ability to deliver as people. Iniquity seems to abound. The destroyer seems to be taking full advantage of the time remaining to him in this, the great day of his power. It seems like evil is about to engulf us like a great wave, and we feel that truly we are living in conditions similar to the days of Noah before the flood, he articulates. I have traveled much in my various assignments over the years. And when I pass through the lovely countryside or fly over the vast and beautiful expanses of our globe, I compare this beauty with many of the dark and miserable practices of men. And I have the feeling that the good earth can hardly bear our evil presence upon it. Anyway, he goes on and talks about Enoch. Woe, woe is me, the mother of men. I am pained, I am wearied because of the wickedness by my children. When shall I rest? And he goes on and he says, why should a cry, so why should a cry be so necessary among the people so blessed is amazing to me. He goes on, Chris. You want me to fill in? Absolutely. I say Chris for you to speak, my brother. Yes, sir. Otherwise, I'd say Steve. If I want Steve to talk, I'd say Steve. Well, yeah. 
So he talks about, and this, mind you, that this is in 1976. How many years ago was that, Sam? That was like 45 years ago. And have things gotten better or worse since then? He talks about pollutions. He says pollutions of mind, body, and are surrounded against vulgarity, stealing, lying, pride, and blasphemy, against fornication, adultery, homosexuality, and all their abuses of the sacred power to create. That should be extremely emphasized, the abuses of the sacred power to procreate. How many ways do we abuse that sacred procreative power today, Sam? And we're not talking about heathens. We're talking about the Christians in this country. And, if, and even if you don't engage in those practices, how tolerant are you of those practices? Just to be politically correct, just to appease our enemies, just to make it look as if, you know, we're trying to go along to get along. Heavenly Father doesn't like that. He would rather that we make a moral stand and say, this is not right. I will not tolerate this. I will not allow my government to pass laws to protect these hideous practices that put us under condemnation of the Lord. And we think we're that shining uh, city on the hill that Ronald Reagan talked about 30 years ago. We are no longer that great example to the rest of the world. And we have lost our power as a result. We have turned our backs on the Lord. And if we go about thinking that we're going to be the savior of this nation or the savior of that nation because of our superior uh, moral or military strength, we can no longer claim that. I don't even think that there are a lot of people, including Joel Skousen, who thinks that our military would not match up well with uh, either China or Russia. And it doesn't matter. We could, Like I said, we could be a thousand times more powerful militarily than those other countries, Sam. But if we're not in tune with God and reconciled to his will, it doesn't matter. Just like I said in the intro, without God, we can never win. With him, we will always win. So I, I well, and it's sure. important. And here, here's another point. It's important to take guidance from the scriptures and the biblical reality. I mean, God told us the first commandment is, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." And oftentimes we put cars, or we put wealth, or, or gold. Hey, I need to manage my investments or my assets. Hey, I've got fancy things that I got to care for. We put those things before God. You know, and, and, and what we do is we create these false gods that we kind of worship and we turn away. And so we need to realize we're all God's children. Are these other pursuits good enough for a son of sure, God? Absolutely. Okay, the power of a, of, of a vehicle or the power of money investment or the power of Bitcoin or whatever you want to compare is nothing compared to God's almighty power. And we need to understand that God loves us and he wants us to be happy and safe and secure, but it'll only happen. Now, be careful. We don't want to settle for a pitiful God. Okay, we don't want to have a shiny chrome God. We don't want to have a, okay? We need to really kind of think about this. We need to not separate ourselves from all obligations. We need to uh, simply have time for the things of God, Chris. Exactly, and these things aren't bad. I mean, Heavenly Father, I believe, Sam, wants us to be wealthy, wants us to enjoy the blessings of the earth that he has created for us. He just doesn't want us to put them before we put him, because the source of all good, of course, is God. And there's a lot more of these wonderful things in the world to come, but we need to prove our loyalty to the source of all the blessings that we receive on this earth, and that is God. Can we talk a little bit about uh, democracy? We talked, we touched on this last week, Sam. Um, 
you know, if, if we had a king and our king went to war, uh, and that was an unjust war, the blood of those innocents that he uh, would destroy as a result of that unjust warfare would be upon the head of the king. But we don't have a king. We have a democratic republic. And we talked a little bit about this last week. And I talked. I sent you an article called The Getaway Driver. Did you get that? Did you read that? Yeah, I, I responded to you. You just got to check your email, my friend. I wrote you about a five-paragraph response yeah. to that, but it requires that you read email. Ah. Uh, so secondarily, though, this anecdote, I think, is really critical that, that Spencer Kimball gives here. He talks about they went out into the jungle, and they wanted to catch monkeys. And they couldn't catch the monkeys for the lives of themselves, but they finally came up on an ingenious idea. They built a box, uh, and they put a hole in the top of the box just big enough for the monkey's hand to get inside of. And then they put nuts in the box, and so when the monkeys would reach in to grab the nuts, uh, then their hands were too big because they got the nut in their hand, right? And they couldn't pull their hands back out. So then when the men would converge on the monkeys to catch the monkeys, the monkeys would thrash all about and scream and but they wouldn't let go of the nut and slip their hand out to get away. That would be so easy, but they didn't, and they caught the monkeys with ease. So it is with we the people. So it often seems to be with people having such a, quote, firm grasp on things of the world that no amount of urgency, no amount of urging, no degree of emergency could persuade them to let go in favor of that which is more important, godly, if you will. We've got to not spend our time in riotous living of the worldly kingdom, if you will. We need to spend our time in more important pursuits. And this is a critical kind of point that he makes exactly. is why I wanted to get to that little anecdote, Chris. That is a wonderful anecdote, and we're so much like that, Sam. We will allow our own, our, our very eternal souls to perish uh, in exchange for our worship of idol gods, and we need to get over that. You know, I see candidates uh, being treated as if they're the saviors of our country. Donald Trump comes to mind. I just, it bothered me so much, Sam. Did it bother you when people were putting so much trust in an individual, a human being, to save this country? And it turned out that he didn't do hardly anything to reverse the course of, of socialism in this country. Uh, he actually uh, increased the amount of debt. He increased the size of government. He never did finish the wall. He didn't uh, withdraw troops from the Middle East. Anyway, I don't mean to go on ad nauseum about it, that individual because they're all the same. You know, I, I call them Republicrats or Demopublicans because the parties are, are, are no different. And we've got to get off this idolatry. And it is idolatry. I used to read the scriptures, Sam, especially the Old Testament, and I used to wonder why we didn't have idols of gold and idols of silver and idols of stone. And I woke up one day and I said, wait a minute. We have athletes that we worship. We have celebrities that we worship. And now we even have politicians. You know, they don't even, well, some of them are fairly talented, but, you know, some of them are not even worthy of, of worldly ac uh, accolades, let alone our worship. Anyway, Sam, I, I've gone on ad nauseum. Can I finish my point about the fact well, that the, the Lord gave us a democratic republic? Or do you want to make well, the final he gave, thought? He gave us a constitutional Republic, and it has democratic principles in it, no doubt, but you cannot leave out constitutional republic because there's a lot of democratic republics that don't have the constitutional principles uh, that create checks and balances right. and divisions of power and protections. So we have a constitutional democratic republic, I agree. But let's think about this, and then we'll have your point. What are we to fear? 
when the Lord is with us, ladies and gentlemen. That's a critical understanding point. Why have we become a warlike people? Why do we train a man in the art of war and call him a patriot? Okay, we need to turn to God Almighty, Chris. Exactly. We need to fight for the kingdom of God. And traditionally, our country has been on the side of God. If you look at it, our country in this totality over the last 230 years, we will see a pattern of righteousness and uh, just wars. But I would submit to you, Sam, in the last 50 years, we have not seen such a pattern. We have seen a departure from that pattern. And we need to acknowledge, to, to, be, um, to be a patriot, we need to embrace patriotic principles. We don't need to continue to embrace uh, a slippery slope scenario where our country is sliding towards Gomorrah. Uh, we need to embrace the principles, not, not the symbol of that principle, which is our country. And we, we, we need to not lose hope in our country, because I believe, just as Ezra Taft Nation said, this nation shall endure. And I believe it will. It will hang by, a, the Constitution will hang by a thread, but I believe before that thread breaks, the elders of Israel will come forth and preserve it. So we don't need to lose hope in our country. We just need to reestablish the principles that made this country great. So let me say something about a democratic republic, and this will be really brief because we're almost out of time. In a democratic republic where the people have the power through their elected leaders, both the leaders and the people who elect them are then held accountable for the decisions of the nation. So when we go to, to war and unjust war scenarios, the blood of those innocents that we inevitably kill, just like we did in Afghanistan and Iraq, will not only be on the heads of our leaders, they will be on our own heads because we upheld those leaders in every election cycle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Why have we become a warlike people? Why do we train a man in the art of war and call him a patriot? How do we follow God? How do we trust in God? The first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Let's pay attention, people. If you want to read that article, churchofjesuschrist.org. It was written in the 70s, uh, and it relates to some um, scriptures that are LDS or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints scriptures. But this reading is very critical to all of us. It was given literally 25 years before... 2K. Now it's literally 50 plus years old, this article. They're about 50 years old. And, I, and I'm saying to you, hey, how do we become a peaceful people? The answer is God promised us in the Bible, he will heal our land and protect us. Do we trust him? Well, let's repent and start to act like it. Chris, thank you. God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting news that I wish refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for April the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. The promotion of God, family, and country. The protection of life, liberty, and property. That's who we are. That's what we do in the traditions of our founding fathers. Welcome to the broadcast. Dr. Scott Bradley just left the green room. 
and jumps on air with yours truly. Hi, Scott. Hi, how you doing today? Everything good in your neck of the woods and throughout the world? I mean, you know, we just have to see how it develops today. There's always something, you know. Define good, my friend. God is good. Um, the uh, hope in liberty is great. Um, the, well, I should say God is great. The hope in liberty is good. Uh, and, you know, all I can tell you is that things are somewhat good. We've become a warlike people. Uh, we talked uh, last hour in detail about a few things, but we talked specifically about this article, The False Gods We Worship. Spencer W. Kimball wrote it back in the 70s where he highlights, why do we train in the man in the art of war and then call him a patriot? Why have we, we become a more warlike people? And then we kind of talked about what are we to fear when God is with us? Look, we got these false gods that we're uh, literally indulging in every single day. Gods of chrome and money and this and that. And we're all distracted from what matters while Joe Biden literally is trying to take us to war. Biden pledges. Uh, he calls the Ukraine leader and pledges unwavering support. Why is the Biden administration pushing the Ukraine to attack Russia? And then we would say, well, by golly, because Russia's out of control and we got to and we got to have war over there. So we don't have war over here. And we fall into all these lies as we fund and promote war. We become the world's bully. We're in over 130 plus nations, militarily speaking. And it is in stark contrast to, in my opinion, one of the greatest generals in the world, George Washington, who said we ought to have a humble foreign policy. We ought to stay out of the affairs of foreign sovereign nations. And wow, what the heck's going on, doctor? You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, where do we go with this? Uh, you you look at the idiocy, and and I that's the nicest thing I can call it. You can't say some of the words on the air. I understand, <laughs> but um, the buffoonery, the I, the the people that lead this nation right now, the vast majority of them are not qualified to lead. But the fact of the matter, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, it was probably about five and a half years ago. We were in uh, Washington D.C. in September, and we were delivering a message to Congress, you know, all of the congressional offices. You remember the event, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, man, I was with the good doctor live in D.C., baby. Yes, we were. And one of the things that occurred there was a Ukrainian presentation in front of Congress. And the demonstration of support for the people, for us to, you know, that this is a time bomb waiting to happen. The, the troops are lined up on both sides of the boundaries, and uh, what was happening, and I don't know if you remember, but the, when we went out of the Congress and on the streets, the people were lined, the limousines left, and there was all sorts of Ukrainian flags and everything else like that. Ukraine was led, and probably still is, by an oligarchy that are every bit is, as abominable as Putin. And, and people were wanting to have us engage in that. This has been going on for a long time, but here's the deal. There's talk of the Ukraine coming into... Um, NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and that was signed back in 1949, and, and that treaty agreement basically says anybody gets attacked in our group, we all go to war on their behalf, and that's that's what we're in uh, Afghanistan with right now is the NATO Which, alignment. by the way, we should never consent to in a sovereign nation such as America in the first place. It's a betrayal of principle. Well, there's no question about that. And in fact, the founding fathers absolutely agreed and not agreed. Well, yeah, they agreed. But they also uh, published and uh, spoke eloquently in regards to the fact that this idea that we can be taken into a war by a treaty agreement 
is absolutely false. It has to go through the constitutional process, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11. Congress has to declare it. Truman broke the bank, if you will, back when uh, North Korea invaded South Korea, and the United Nations says, everybody's got to line up against North Korea. Of course, that was a setup, and we can go through that someday if you want. But the fact of the matter is, um, it, it was totally false. Truman says, no, 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 I don't need a declaration of war. I've got a treaty in my back pocket that says we've got to go to war. Well, that's what they're trying to do is get NATO to align with Ukraine and, and people. Ukraine and, and Russia already are shooting at each other. It's just that it hasn't turned out to be as, as big a conflagration as it's going to be someday. And, and by the way, this is all a replay of, of June of 1914 when all of the entangling alliances that were lined up when the Archduke of Austria was killed by a Serbian, um, he's a member of the Black Hand, a secret combination that was aligned with the Serbian government. And Austria declared war against Serbia. Serbia turned to Big Brother Russia. Russia declared war against Austria. Austria turned to Big Brother Germany. I mean, it was a domino effect. And within about a month, uh, oh, maybe a month and a half, the whole Europe was engulfed in a conflagration that took tens of millions of lives, resulted in the Bolshevik takeover in Russia, and, and these entangling alliances that the Founding Fathers pled with us not to engage with are, are lined up again today. I mean, we've got Montenegro in, the, in NATO. Holy cow, what did they bring to our, uh, you know, and why would we go to war for them? I mean, NATO is, is becoming a catch basin of rejects that want Big Brother to go to war on their behalf if, in fact, it ever comes down to that. So The yeah, reason the Founding Fathers put in the Constitution that Congress was to be in charge of declaring war and handle that is so that a, that a, a president without a level head didn't just take us into foreign conflicts. It was certainly never designed to sign away to foreign powers for decision-making or global governance or a group of, of organizations backed by leaders who do not have uh, a constitutional republic in mind where checks and balances reign supreme where, uh, okay, we the people are supposed to manage our Congress critters. And when we uh, are even thinking about going to war, it's supposed to become a national discussion and a debate. Where do the people stand and why? Where does your Congress representative stand and why? How would we fund it? What would be our objectives? What would be the timeline to get in and get out? What would be our general strategy? Now, I get uh, detailed, you know, in the game. I don't want to use a game analogy, but in the game, I get that judgment calls need to be made in the theater of war. I understand. But it was generally meant for the American people to be behind something and authorize something via the broadest group of people they could get, the House and the Senate. Take the politics out of the discussions and meant to literally let calm heads prevail, but yet define objectives and do what needs to be done to protect the greatest country on the face of the earth. It was intentionally designed to prevent us from going to war unless absolutely justifiable and necessary. And we've circumvented all that in modern day, doctor. Well, absolutely. What what uh, the intent was, and, the, and, and we could give you extensive review of statements by the American Founding Fathers because they were not uh, just kind of nibbling around the edges. They were, ex they were absolutely to the mat serious about this. Now, what they, they were very serious 
um, students of history, observers of, of human nature and all those kinds of things. And what they had observed is that the monarchs of Europe were constantly getting ticked off at each other. One of the monarchs would say, I'm going to take that boy to the woodshed and I'm going to spank him. And so the people of the nations were brought into the misery by the idiocy of their leaders. And that's kind of about what I was saying at the beginning of this broadcast. And so what would happen is that the, the leaders made it miserable for the people. and they, Their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. I mean, the people got taxed at the very la least, but they were sent to battle. They're, they bled all over the fields of Europe constantly. And, and everybody was put at risk because of the stupidity of leadership. So that's why the American Founding Fathers designed it the way they did. They put this going to war thing at the... At representatives have the duty, they take a sacred oath to keep their actions within those bounds, they are to examine the issues, and then, because they're closest to the people, the people will pay for the battles, no matter how it goes, whether it's money or, or wounds or blood or death, the, and families losing love, to all of that kind of stuff. The trusted representatives were to engage and analyze uh, all right, and take Dr. it to Bradley? the end. Yes. Uh, uh, excellent commentary excellent breakdown uh, on this it was designed and, and the idea was to use the brilliance of the american people um, in the broader context of, of, of the masses to say, hey, wait a minute, let's think about this. We can't fund it. We don't have an objective. Hey, this is not our fight anyway. And the effort was to try to get the American people to brain trust and back away from this and use some of the most, most brilliant minds and broadest perspectives to stop the, the um, rash decisions of uh, dictators and, and others with too much power, Right. All right, so there you have it. Um, very interesting commentary. Quick pause. We're having a little bit of technical glitches. We'll get Dr. Bradley back and be right back with you. How do you like that? By the way, do you want raw honey delivered directly to your door? To learn more, get a hold of Kurt Crosby. You can text him or... Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? 
The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, Sam Bushman back with Dr. Scott Bradley. Dr. Scott's goal, lifelong goal to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. So, Doctor, sorry for the technical glitches there a little bit. Uh, back with you live discussing we become a warlike people, though. The founding fathers understood this. Because they saw these conflicts from dictators all around the world and, and monarchs and others who simply, because of pride and too much power, uh, would simply uh, throw caution to the wind. The goal was to create a level-headed, common-sense approach. The masses don't want war because their children oftentimes end up in it. And so the goal was to back away from war and use every way to prevent war unless it was absolutely necessary. Doctor? You know, uh, it, well, there's so much we could talk about in this particular uh, venue, but uh, let me just give you a few little statements by the American Founding Fathers, and, and it's it just stark contrast to what we're seeing today. Here's Washington in his farewell address. Why forego the advantage of a so peculiar a situation? Why quit our own to stand upon foreign ground? Why? by interweaving our destiny with that of any part of Europe, entangle our peace and prosperity with the toils of European ambition, rivalship, interest, humor, or caprice. Okay, then Jefferson. I know that it is a maxim with us, and I, sh and I think it is a wise one, not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of Europe. Here's another one by Jefferson. I deem it one of the essential principles of our government and consequently one which ought to shape its administration, peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. And then one more, we could go on for the rest of the program with this, but here's a guy that was born and bred to diplomacy, John Quincy Adams, he made this statement, America has abstained from interference with the concerns of others, even when the conflict has been for principles to which she clings. She goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. She is the well-wisher to the freedom and independence of all. She is the champion and vindicator only of her own. I mean, like I say, we could go on the rest of the program. We would hardly have to take a breath 
this was such a well-founded truth. And in, in modern America, with the advent of the globalist perspectives that, you know, Woodrow Wilson attempted to foist on America, the uh, incoming of the United Nations, the NATO, CETO, CENTO, and ZEUS, I mean, all of these stupid treaties that engage us in the wars of whomever. That's why we were in Southeast Asia, by the way. That was the, the uh, Southeast Asia Treaty Organization. And, and, of course, the United Nations did it in Korea. And, and look what happened in Bosnia. The United Nations and, uh, went in and screwed it up, and so they turned it over to NATO. That's how we ended up in Bosnia. That's where World War I started. Uh, where we are in, in uh, Afghanistan right now is a NATO operation. Every single one of these unending wars is because we violated the baseline principle that was established under the United States Constitution, and we do not engage in wars unless it follows a constitutional process, and that is after due deliberation, everybody stands tall and decides what we're going to do. And it is the most onerous burden that ever faces any nation, and that's why it has to jump through the hoops. But buffoons run this nation now, and I don't know how the people can even think that we have a constitution that they're operating under. We could go back to it, but we don't. I don't know. Let me, I, I, I'll let you take a breath now, Sam, and do your All right. statement. This is, <laughs> this is critical to understand, though, ladies and gentlemen. Look, we the people may or may not be able to make decisions on the, quote, international stage about war, okay? But we really need to ask ourselves some fundamental questions internally in our individual viewpoints and with our families, because really family is the fundamental unit of society. And society is built of a number of families. So listen carefully. Why do we train a man in the art of war and call him a patriot? Why have we become a warlike people? And the answer is, what are we to fear when the Lord is with us? So the point is that the Lord is not with us because we've turned our back on God. And when we turn our back on God, then war and famine and destruction is our bedfellow. If we repent and turn to God Almighty, peace and prosperity and stability and safety becomes our blessing. Doctor? Absolutely. What what war does, again, well, let me just read you what uh, St. George Tucker said. I mean, you, you need to, uh, this kind of captures the, the essence of what I'm trying to say about that. Um, the, the Tucker was the preeminent constitutional scholar of the founding era, and, and we could dis, I think we can defend that rather well. But here's what he said. The term war embraces the extremes of human misery and iniquity. It is alike the offspring of the one and the parent of the other. What else is the history of war from the earliest ages to the present moment but an afflicting detail of the sufferings and calamities of mankind, resulting from the ambition, usurpation, animosities, resentments, piques, intrigues, avarice, rapacity, oppressions, murders, assassinations, and other crimes of the few possessing power? How rare are the instances of a just war? How few of those which are thus denominated have had their existence in a national injury. The personal claims of the sovereign are confounded with the interests of the nation over which he presides, and his private grievances or complaints are transferred to the people who are thus made the victims of a quarrel in which they have no part until they become principals in it by their sufferings. I mean, he goes on and on about this. And, and we'll, we can, if we get a minute here, we can talk about what war does to a nation. War is the quickest way to change the mores, the values, attitudes, and belief of a nation. War is legalized mass murder 
in which everyone engages. And, and it destroys families, not just because of the deaths and separations, but because it resets the values, attitudes, and beliefs. And, and if a nation goes to war, well, it, here's what James Madison said later in life. No nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare. That's how serious this is, and we haven't been out of a war, basically, since uh, the United Nations uh, document had ink put on it. It is absolutely absurd. That's where the globalists are taking it. They know they can unseat everything we hold dear if we're compelled to engage in war constantly. And it is absolute idiocy for anybody to say, oh, we got to go to the aid of Ukraine when Ukraine is poised to go to war with Russia. And that will the thing that will tip it to that point is where they say, hey, wait a minute, we got Big Brother. He's in back of me. He's going to back me up now. And the United States will be engaged in a war with Russia. So we, we can't have this happen. We can't allow this to happen. People got to rise up and and uh, everybody's got to step forward and say no over our dead body because it will be a lot of dead bodies. All right, so what does war do to a nation? Believe it or not, there's <clears throat> a trending on the Internet via TikTok, etc. is this headline. You ready, uh, Dr. Scott Bradley? Well, I'll listen. The disturbing April the 24th is now considered National Rape Day. Tr TikTok trend explained. So now they're literally saying, hey, you know what? We got to rape to celebrate. We got to rape to stop the white privilege. We got to, and, and how real it will be, don't know. But the assertion is there. And war and rape from the wicked go hand in hand, doctor. Well, again, we're, we're back to, uh, to, to what our, our friend St. George Tucker said. You know, the things that he brought out brought rape out. In fact, it is the most diabolical, uh, every single wickedness in the world, every single one of them. I don't care if it's, if it's pain, suffering. I don't care if it's uh, destroyed families. I don't care if it's uh, drug abuse, every single thing. I mean, you, you talk about the, the rape that occurs in every war, and I'm, I'm talking about every war. Uh, this is, I mean, U.S. soldiers are involved, unfortunately, and hopefully we have a higher standard and so on. But, but clear back through history, I mean, if you haven't read the accounts of the so-called Philippine insurrection in which the Filipinos were attempting to get out from underneath the oppression of America taking over their country after the Spanish-American War, the, the, the soldiers in the field, uh, actually the way they talked about it was, was cleansing their, the uh, uh, racial uh, makeup of the Philippines through rape. They were going to purify the race, okay, by fathering children by the, the uh, women that were native to the Philippines. This is absolutely, I mean, you say, oh, well, no, 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 our, our nation would never do that. Yeah, our nation does do that. And, and it, unfortunately, it's, it's much less rare, I mean, much less um, uh, uh, an occurrence than, say, for example, the Soviet rape of Berlin when it occurred. I, I personally know people, I personally know people uh, that, that were there uh, when that happened. Young girls. Uh, you know, 16, 17-year-old girls that were there at that time. It was horrific. So, yeah, th this whole thing is diabolical, satanic in its origins. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. We've got more. You're listening 
to Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. 40-plus world leaders met virtually Thursday to talk climate change. Chinese President Xi Jinping said his country, the world's largest consumer of coal, will attempt to strictly limit increasing coal consumption over the next five years. It should be noted that everything being discussed are non-binding commitments. Sports was a way for Americans to come together. 11-year Army vet Graham Allen tells Fox News the reason for the collapse in ratings at Major League Baseball and the National Basketball Association is because of what Americans want is not what's being delivered. Sports is supposed to bring Americans together, especially troops overseas. It's this opportunity to just forget about what's going on and just watch uh, the amazing game and the amazing talent of the amazing athletes. Your ratings are going down the drain. Listen to what the American people are actually telling you that they want. USA Radio News. This report is sponsored by National Cattlemen's Beef Association, a contractor to the beef checkoff. Beef is a staple on tables across the country, from comfort food favorites to the celebratory meal. Beef is what's for dinner. And even as the sustainability conversation increases and carbon footprint concerns make headlines, people can feel good about their favorite protein. The U.S. is the leader in sustainable beef production, with a carbon footprint 10 to 50 times lower than other regions of the world. In fact, according to the Environmental Protection Agency, greenhouse gas from beef cattle only represents 2% of emissions in the U.S. Cattle farmers and ranchers are producing more high-quality beef more sustainably than ever before. Jim Strickland, rancher. Cattle farmers and ranchers like me are committed to the environment and want to protect our natural resources. I am proud of the role I play in providing high-quality protein in the most sustainable way possible for generations to come. For more on sustainability information, visit beefitswhatsfordinner.com. The Georgia Star News is reporting an elections group funded by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has donated $5.6 million to the office of Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. Walter Jones, a spokesman for Raffensperger's office, said that the funds enabled this and local elections offices to combat disinformation. The Georgia legislature passed an election reform bill since the election to ensure election integrity. Senator Ted Cruz, a Republican from Texas, said at a press conference Thursday that the Democrat push for Washington, D.C. statehood and to pack the U.S. Supreme Court is more of a power grab than doing good by the American people. The Joe Biden who swore me into the Senate nine years ago, I don't know where that guy is. I think they got him tied up in a basement somewhere because it's the crazies who are running the ship. But you know what? He is president now, so act like it. The U.S. House of Representatives passed legislation to make D.C. the country's 51st state. It now heads to the Senate. USA Radio News. Sadly, in America, ladies and gentlemen, as we become a warlike people, the Conquests of war become reality as well. Believe it or not, it's a disturbing TikTok trend. April 24th is National Rape Day. Now, it gets worse because Joe Biden promoting all these illegals coming to the United States, right? 
headline from Ben Swan Truth in Media is this. A new report's out 80% of women and girls who come from Mexico to the U.S. raped along the way. Uh, This is satanic, doctor. But these are the fruits of what we've turned to instead of God Almighty, sir. You know... (laughs) I I don't. God's got a lot more patience than I got, and and that's a very fortunate event. Um, but there will come a time, it seems to me, where where we have ripened in iniquity to the point that something's got to happen. I mean, if you read First Samuel chapter fifteen, where Saul was sent in to uh, wipe out a, a group of people that had debauched everything sacred to the point that that. Saul was commanded to kill everybody, men, women, and children, infants, all the animals. And I I presume that that's because of bestiality and everything else that was going on, and and you just couldn't save any of it. There comes a time when when the wrath of God, and and wrath is violent anger, if you will. I mean, when the wrath of God is is kindled. Now, again, he's patient. He he works with us. He reaches out to it. He, He feels after us. He attempts to say, please, this is how our lives should be lived. He, he gave us the formula in the Holy Scriptures. That's where the basis of liberty and the American way was discovered. And that's what was brought forth and canonized, if you will, in the great charter of the nation, the United States Constitution, founded upon the principles that we find in the Declaration of Independence. And so they're inextricably woven together. And so those things that were there are being abandoned by so many. Now, again, I, I have been back and forth across this land so many times and been with the people's homes and, and spent time with their families and so on. I know there are good and caring Americans. The leadership oftentimes leads people astray. The leadership that we choose, we it's an elective process. Those that we put in as our trusted representatives should reflect the values, attitudes, and beliefs that we have. But tr- at this point, only a very, very, very small minority of them are even given consideration to what these things are about. And so, yes, I, I think America is in for a comeuppance. And by the way, George Mason, during the Constitution Convention of, of 1787, talked about how nations don't exist in the eternities. And because of that, you can't wait until the eternities to get your reward or punishment. Nations must be rewarded or punished in this life. And and that's a truism the American Founding Fathers understood also. And so if we are basing our actions on things that are, you know, unsound, and we are carrying out uh, immoral, illegal, unrighteous things, ultimately and finally the nation gets called to task. And that's, I mean, you you think about the the American so-called Civil War. I mean, I think that was a recalibration of America that, that is still underway right now. I mean, the the deconstruction of the South that happened under the radical Republicans, the tyrants in Congress that were there, the effort to militarily occupy a conquered land, the destruction of their society, I mean, everything. And then the pushback that happened when the deconstruction ended and the Jim Crow laws and everything, this is all a continuation of the bizarre stupidity that has afflicted our nation for a century and a half at this point. Actually, more than hey, a century and a half. Hey, you going to get vaccinated, but... doctor? <laughs> well, I certainly have never intended at any time to inflict that, that 
violation upon myself or my family. And, uh, and, and I think that, that if people will do their research, will study what's out there, the DNA, the mRNA, the, it is not a vaccine. It is a, uh, a medical procedure that is not FDA approved. It has not been studied for efficacy or for safety. It has been rushed through like cyclonic speed. And, and when you say, oh, wait, 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 we'll go back to normal if we get it. No, there's nothing that says that it'll, it'll prevent infection. That's what there's they nothing. told you until... That's what they told you to tell about 130 million people have already taken the vaccines. Now they're saying, hey, even if you're vaccinated, that changes virtually nothing. Let me give you a couple of tidbits to kind of highlight this. Biden says he will cancel Fourth of July events and celebrations. So no Fourth of July for you if you don't get vaxxed, my friend. Biden has canceled liberty in this nation. Now, is this not him? It's the whole... uh, the buffoons that are in office. You know, they're, the baboons maybe is what we ought to call them. Have you ever watched a, a troop of baboons on, on the, you know, out in the Serengeti? I mean, they really are completely, they're, they're beyond barbaric. And, and, uh, and again, I always come back to, to the, the Paris Commune of 1871 uh, after the Franco-Prussian War when, uh, when the commune, uh, it, a communist commune, attempted to... Uh, Govern Paris. They found they were in, uh, they found they were completely incapable of so doing. But that's who we have in power today. It's amen. I, and I say I can't. I, I I say these things, and people must say, "Oh, you're you're kind of sugarcoating it." No, I'm really not. No, okay, well, you're overstating it. No, I'm not. This stuff you can't make it up. They're doing it every single day. It is insane. Just, you're right about that. So Joe Biden going to cancel Fourth of July celebrations unless y'all get vaccinated there. I'm not taking the vaccine, I'm telling you that. But it gets worse. Because remember how they told us if you got vaccinated, it would all be good and you wouldn't need to wear a mask and society would come back. Now it's turned out to be a big old lie. But get this headline from USA Today. Okay, they always told you what we've got to do is we've got to get herd immunity. When you do, life will come back, right? They lied again. Here's the headline from USA Today. Is herd immunity possible? Experts increasingly say no. And you want to know who they blame it on? Me and you, because we won't get vaxxed. We'll but, never but have heard of it now because of you, Scott, because of me. And, okay, and they lie, 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 lie. They jettison the natural herd immunity uh, that has occurred in, uh, to stop so many diseases. They lie, lie, lie because they don't even know what the real number of herd immunity is. They lie, lie, lie because they don't even really have the vaccine I'm sorry, the virus isolated. We don't even know that it's, that it's a factual, real virus because we don't have it isolated. They lie, lie, lie about the safe and effectiveness of the vaccines, uh, etc. cetera. Um, all I'm telling you is this is just a flat-out fraud on the American people like you have never seen before. It is so shocking. It's a con game. What is the end game, doctor? Well, that, that's the real concern and, uh, that I believe that, that they're moving towards a totalitarian kind of review. I mean, uh, that you have to say the, the um, thinning of the herd instead of, of herd immunity is what they're looking for. They're looking for a, just like the Illuminists did back in the French Revolution, kill off, their intent was to kill off 14 million French people, too many eaters, all those kinds of things. I, I really do think that, that the scope and magnitude of this charade, it's, it's charade sounds like fun maybe. I call it the Fauci facade. 
I, I don't know how deep the depravity of these people is. And, and you follow the money and all that kind of stuff. You can say, well, they're making money on it and all this. But there's just, there, there is nothing, there is nothing that you can possibly say is good that's going to come out of this. I, now, those of us that, that have a sense of, of history and a sense of the, the repetitiveness of that and, and how it, you know, the lamp of the past lights our feet in the future, to kind of paraphrase what, what uh, Patrick Henry said. If some of us go back to, uh, well, 1976, it's as close as that, when the buffoons at the head, uh, you know, the, the Gerald Fords, insisted we get a vaccinated, a, a national vaccine program, and 48 million people at that time, which was a, a pretty big percentage of the population because we had fewer people in the nation at that time, got vaccinated with a vaccine that killed more people that were actually kill- than were actually killed by the flu they were t- attempting to deal with. And, and it was one of those things w- with that personal experience, I said, never again, no more, not ever. We are going to rely on the immune system that God gave us. If God calls us home, I, I'm absolutely serious about this. If God calls us home, you know what? It's a pretty good program he's got going, and I'm absolutely confident that his uh, approach to, with love to all of his children will be a pretty spiffy outcome. So, you know, that's, that's where my faith is. Uh, I've got a, a daughter that lives up in Montana, and she says, uh, in a lot of the stores, there, there's posted you know, as you come in, faith, not fear, or something like that. And and by the way, that's a false god we are worshiping right now. You talked about that at the beginning of the program. The false gods that we are worship, worshiping are physicians, researchers, pharma companies, big business, and the politicians. We are worshiping those as our gods now. And that is the warfare that's being put upon us. You can't mankind. leave out celebrities and... Oh, what do they call those things? Stimulus checks? There, no. All right, quick pause. Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education. 
conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. started out the broadcast talking about the false gods we worship. An incredible article written back in the 70s by Spencer W. Kimball. Go to churchofjesuschrist.org if you want to read that and check it out. I know you may not be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ uh, of Latter-day Saints, but you know what? It's really valuable discussion points, no doubt. And the general point made, why do we train a man in the art of war? And then call him a patriot. Why are we become a warlike people? And the answer is we've turned our back on God, ladies and gentlemen. When are we to fear? Or what are we to fear if God is with us? That's really an important kind of point to understand. We've dovetailed this war discussion really into this rape discussion. Because you know what? 80% of women and girls are raped coming from Mexico to the United States. Of course, Biden says it's, it's, it's just a wonderful thing they're all coming. Um, I think that we need to have a different plan, but that's, I digress. But it's all basically parts of war. And Biden going to cancel your 4th of July celebration, so you can't wave the flag and say you're a patriot anymore if you don't get the COVID vaccine. But has heard of it possible? Experts said yes before. Now they claim no. They don't even know what the numbers are. But the COVID con game is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And what is the end game, you may ask? The end game, Dr. Bradley, is nothing less than human enslavement and massive depopulation. That's the end game here. Well, you know, it, it's been satanic from the beginning to oppose everything godly. I mean, the whole creation of this world, the, the bodies that God's children have, the idea that, uh, that we might have a divine role that, that ultimately and finally it, it continues into the eternities. I mean, we're talking about men and women. Uh, I mean, it's a gender issue too. I mean, the whole thing, everything goes back to the divine purposes of God. And and if you go back to the French uh, Revolution, for example, they were Illuminists. They were uh, from the Bavarian group, the Illuminati. And their intention was to get rid of, of Christianity. Their intention was to get rid of families. Their intention was to get rid of private property. Their intention was to destroy the st- stabilizing factors of, of established government that uh, that kept society, you know, kind of functioning. All of these things have been the subsequent efforts of every single one of these revolutionary things that has happened. You know, whether you go up through the, you know, the Jacobins and the Carbonati and the League of Just Men, the Communists, you go through the Bolshevik, the the um, the Maoist revolutions. You you look at the Pol Pot's things. You look at what's going on in a, a Gramscian kind of way, and we could talk about that at some length, a slice at a time through um, uh, legislative processes that brings about all of these things. And it's certainly an attack on everything that we hold sacred. And, and that's where the current individuals that are you know, claiming leadership roles in this nation are taking us. And, and it all is right, leading the, to capture. Yeah. Well, 
while the thugs are attacking us, and really this COVID thing is, in my mind, an act of war against the American people and against the people of the world, Biden pledges 50% reduction in greenhouse pollution by 2030. They're now using the climate reality as a war. They're literally all in other nations causing and funding both sides of wars. The military-industrial complex uh, cranked up, uh, as you could not imagine. But while that's all going on, ladies and gentlemen, Willie Nelson's group, you know the, I'm on the road again. I can't wait to get back on the road again. Right, that guy? Willie Nelson group begs Biden to declare 420 a national holiday, Dr. Bradley. You know what 420 is, right? 420. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's the great pot smoke out, buddy. It's the smoke pot day. Come on, it's the, uh, you know, answer is 42 day. It's the let's get high day. And they want to make it a national uh, holiday, buddy. Jettison Washington's birthday, but let's get pot smoking day rolling says Willie Nelson and crew. Uh, they want to go ahead and celebrate 420, buddy. That's the nickname for smoke pot and whatever. How did they pick that you, day? Well, I mean, uh, sometimes people like me always ask, what? Why? You know, I mean, and I guess, I guess I'm not really yeah. uh, put brought into this thing. But no, the, the, it's, it's unrelenting. And, and we do it's have, just, it, wow. it is a day of the anti-hero. Everything that's held up in our face. Where do you find a true hero today? I mean, we talk about people's, oh, heroes work here. Really? Are you kidding me? Do you people know what heroes are? And, and, and we, we, as you say, celebrities are in the midst of this, too, where people are constantly paraded before our faces. Here, here's people that party hardy. They kind of parade between rehab and jail. They have no relationship between marriage and childbearing. And, and these are the people that are held before our eyes as, as people that our children are supposed to grow up and emulate because maybe they can run faster or slam dunk or whatever it is that, you know, we've, we've basically diverted our attention from everything that society was ever created and, and uh, you know, its intention was. I, I just am baffled, and, and we fall for it. Oh, by the way, there was a thing about that I heard on one of your little uh, segues or make, uh, uh, segment here about how why is everybody falling away from sports? Why are they not paying attention? Well, peop, some people are starting to say, you know what? They don't reflect my interests, my values. They're, they're politically charged with everything. They're trying to shove down our throats a political statement on every single thing that ha you know I don't need to pay my money to do this I don't need to pay to see it I don't want to watch it on TV I don't want to uh, you know help the sponsors yeah, that Americans are, that are, are waking up this. sure aren't they there are some that are and I, I think that it would be really nice if these all these multimillionaire spoiled brats ended up um, basically you know sidelined and uh, yeah I mean I think no about question. all right here's the history you asked for ready all right. Both marijuana smokers and non-smokers alike recognize April 20th, or 420 as it's deemed, as a national holiday for cannabis culture. But few actually know how the date got chosen. Some say 420 is code that the police officers used to say marijuana smoking in progress. Others say, no, 420 is Adolf Hitler's birthday. Some say, hey, man, it's a relation to the Bob Dylan song, Rainy Day. When number 12 and 35, when you add them up, become 420. 
But to put it bluntly, those reasons are all bogus. The most credible story, they say, traces 422, a Marin County, California, in 1971, uh, five high school students would basically use the term 421 to, after all school is over, after all the extracurricular activities are over, 420 is the code they would say, 420, buddy. And what it meant is that 420, all the, you know, everything was stopped at school, so now you could go get high. So they would say, hey, man, 420 to each other as code to let's go smoke pot. Anyway. So at 16, 20 hours every day, they were out back of the uh, shop class smoking dope. Yeah, I mean, but you've got to really say 420, cover? but yeah. I know, but, uh, but the, so it's, it's yes, 4.20 p.m. Okay, all right. Yes, sir. And so the bottom line is this big old deal. Now you got Willie Nelson leading a group of people that are saying, we've got to make this a national holiday, buddy. Well, you know, you know it's, it's, it's strange. And I could tell you a long story about uh, events that we did in September to try and commemorate our Constitution signing. And most people, my, my understanding that came from that is that most people don't understand the difference between the Constitution and the Declaration. We have strayed so far in our commemorations of those days to the point that they become a beer bust with rock music and fireworks, well, at least for the 4th of July. There's no recognition of that great event, you know, that, that really tied the birth of our you know nation to push? the birth of the Savior. You know what they're going to push? They're going to push jettisoning of the 4th of July because Joe Biden will set it, set it down over the cocoa. But you can celebrate 420 and you won't have any vaccine, quote, requirements or restrictions there. That's how they're going to roll with that. Final story before the end of the hour. House passes bill for D.C. statehood, doctor. Well, you know, we could look at Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 and find out that the, the Washington, D.C. was constitutionally established as a completely separate entity, not a state. It was something that the uh, they found was necessary. We give you the historical background as to why that was the way it was. And, and really and truly, I mean, there's so many lessons to be taken out of Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 about this uh, establishment of the D.C., but it cannot constitutionally be done. And if it were done by acts of buffoons that, that sit in, in chairs in Congress, it would it, it, basically, why not New York be a state? Or California, or LA, I guess, California is a state. Or Detroit, or Miami, or Dallas. Think of your big communities that, that have equally large or larger populations. Of, I think of my house ought to small, be a sovereign state personally. Well, in in so many ways, it I really joke is. To make the but, point, right? <laughs> but the point of the matter is that that it's it's a power grab. It's an attempt to get two more senators on the Dem side, and another congressman, and and it's it's simply a power grab to make certain that the Mensheviks are pushed out. Now, Menshevik is well, Russian. Well, then Puerto Rico's next, minority. and the Virgin Islands after that, and we go on and on and on as well, right? Well, right. But here's the deal: they think. You know, the Bolshevik-Menshevik uh, concept in the early 1900s, the Bolsheviks, Bolshevik means majority in Russian. Menshevik means minority. What they're looking for is a majority of everything so that they can have their way. They don't understand that the limits and bounds of anybody in office and everybody in office is completely limited to those powers delegated within the Constitution. And regardless you, of the numbers they miss, hold. Not if you brainwash everybody to believe we're a democracy, then the majority rules, right? See how that all dovetails together? The truth is well, we're that's a constitutional what they're trying. republic. 
no question about that. And, and this buffoonery, again, that happened because of revisionist historians that say, oh, no, we're a democratic republic. The founding fathers never used that term except for as a pejorative. I mean, when, when uh, Edmund Jeannette, the French uh, ambassador, tried to start, he did start, uh, democratic republican uh, clubs in the United States when he came here, Washington and Jefferson spoke eloquently and powerfully against it. The clubs went away. They never were a democratic republic. We are not a democratic republic. But the idea that you can do things with a majority vote is absolutely wrong. The majority of will be won if they're standing with principles. And, and that's the problem we've got as Americans have been completely immersed in false philosophies, revisionist history and everything, and we're we're smoking dope uh, on a day instead of trying to commemorate what this nation was all created about. And, and if Biden if Biden gets rid of the 4th of July by uh, fiat, uh, you know, mon monarchical decree, decree, I know there are many of us that will be commemorating that day. In fact, I've, I've been uh, requested on to a number of locations, even outside of our state, to uh, be a, a speaker at some of those events that, that they're planning uh, across the country at some of those things for the 4th of July to commemorate the birth of our nation, if you will. I know there's a lot of people that are going to be commemorating it anyway. Amen. I'm one of them big-time God, family, and country where it's at for me. And I say strip the 20. Let's just stick with the 4th, shall we please? And let's be very clear, ladies and gentlemen, there is a way back, though. I know this sounds really negative when you cover some of the shenanigans going on and the rape culture and the war and the uh, you know, all the things they're doing to us. But take courage in your God. He has not forgotten us. Let's not forget him. Please turn to God Almighty and repent if we do. He promises us that he will heal our land and protect us. What greater promise could we ask for than that? For Dr. Scott Bradley to preserve the nation, his goal and collegiate series, all found at freedomsrisingsun.com. I'm Sam Bushman, libertyroundtable.com, syndicated by lovinglibertynet we the people can restore America. you got to get involved and trust in the Almighty God. Will you help us? God save the Republic.